There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And today we are joined by Lizzo, singer, rapper, and host of the podcast Good As Hell, a partnership with Spotify and Refinery29. We are so honored to have you here as your music has been a absolute hit with our listeners. Thanks oh, for joining yay. us. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> you forgot something. Um, flute player. No way, really? Yeah, flute and piccolo. What? Oh. So add that to your your list. <laughs> That's Gosh fantastic. darn it. <laughs> so you're here to help us deconstruct the brilliant new single Make Me Feel by Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. We are also going to get to talk about your music mm-hmm. and your upcoming tour and your show. So much fun stuff. But I want to just get right into it. We're going to talk about Janelle Monet and her awesome new track. Mm-hmm. You're familiar i am i got to freak out uh on her about it yeah <laughs> i saw her and she invited me to this brunch and then i was like sis so last time i saw her i had like big curly hair and then this time i saw her i had long straight hair and i was like sis you just tamed my curl pattern you snatched my wig i knew you was gonna drop something but i didn't know you killed it she's like thank you like i was blown away like the double release you yeah. know like the Armageddon drop, sis. Yeah. That was actually my favorite part about it. But once again, this is switched on pop, not switched on, you know, uh, song release. So let's talk about the actual <laughs> let's talk, song. Let's talk about the song. <laughs> <laughs> so on Make Me Feel, I think what we're hearing is a bending, a blending, this non-dualistic message of blending sexuality, blending genres, blending sounds, blending harmonies and melodies. And what we want to do is we want to break this down and figure out how does she accomplish this musically. And so I think the appropriate thing to do would, of course, be to take a listen to the track. Yes. Let's do it. That's just the way you make me feel. 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 Uh-huh. So good, so good, so fucking real. Yes. Yes. Shout out to ASMR. Oh, wait, say more. The ASMR chorus. Uh, that's just the way. Oh yeah. A whisper chorus. I, I'm always a fan. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. She really came through. I didn't make that connection though. <laughs> Reinforced by the really sort of lo-fi beatboxing in the opening, just like. Oh yeah. You know, that kind of thing, right? Oh, it's so mouthy, yeah. right? I think it's probably important that we establish what's happening in the song. Just broadly, what do you feel the song is trying to say? Is she explicitly talking about bisexuality or is she just talking about sexuality? Right. I think that's like more what she was going for than right. being like, you know, this is my specifics. Yeah. It's so much more broad than that. The way you make me feel like anyone can sing that about anybody mm-hmm. in any way. And I think that's what makes it even bigger than just kind of like her identifying with a sexuality and everyone's like, Oh my God, she came out. I'm like, what do you mean? No, she wrote a song right. about like what we should all be singing about, you know, Absolutely. and like freeing our minds, not being restricted to certain pronouns and songs. And just yeah. because we feel like that's how we're supposed to say it. Cause society wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she's just doing her. Yeah. Nate, what's your take? I totally agree. I mean, that's to me what makes the song so universal. Anyone can relate to this because of that feeling of excitement, that kind of rush that the lyrics of the song capture. 
I'm excited to like get into the music and figure out how the music is also giving us that feeling of excitement and that crazy adrenaline <laughs> rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the song is the musical version of like an endorphin rush, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. She like wrote how you feel sonically, how you would feel when you're like Bugs Bunny with the hard eyes floating and you're like, woo, like that's what yeah. the song, that's the sonic feel of it. And lyrically too, yeah. you're just like, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think there's a really important backstory that for those who might not be as familiar with Janelle Monae's entire body of work, she largely has produced work which is allegorical these epic suites called metropolis where she plays another character she's not even Mm. playing herself Mm -hmm. or it's the blending of her identity and she was the arc android the arc android cindy mayweather in i think what is it the year 2719 or something Mm -hmm. and she uses (laughs) the metaphor of an android for all kinds of modern day oppression and also for her own self-expression it's incredibly beautiful Now, on this track, it feels like we're getting a little bit more potentially personality, but I really agree with what you say, Lizzo. Like, we never know who the narrator is, right? Like, it's a song, and a song is here to represent any number of people. People like to dissect, okay, but which one's, like, actually really Janelle Monae? Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the music, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. I always say there's, like, two different kinds. Well, there's three different kinds of artists. Yeah. I think there's the vocal performer that can, like, emote someone else's song really well. Yeah. Then there's two kinds of writers, though. There's, like, right. There's the fantasy writer Mm -hmm. who always, like, compared to, like, a Tyler, the creator. He's just, like, Mm -hmm. creates Mm -hmm. fantasy and, like, talks about things that may not even have happened. Yeah. And then you have writers who are, like, extremely personal and mm-hmm. like almost like stream of conscious like when you're listening to like Kanye and you're yeah, like oh my right. god this just happened to you last week didn't <laughs> it you know and I think that Janelle yeah. is always gonna be a fantasy writer like even if she's talking about herself she's created a world where it's just a novel it's like the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> she gets she's Frodo and she's Gandalf and you know what I mean and you never know like the real Janelle might be in there she might be Gimli but she'll never know yeah she has that little glint in her eye that's like wink mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. While I really support the way that you framed it, I think there are a lot of clues in here that allude to both sexual tension and also sexual non-duality. She's been interviewed many times, and even in her music, she sort of remains intentionally opaque uh, because, as she says, she wants to be attractive to all people, mm. and she wants all and people to feel is. attractive to all people. Um, <laughs> and, and she, yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no contest. <laughs> I think she's reinforcing this message both lyrically and musically. So I want to look at the melody specifically, and just right from the very top of the track one of her great traits is constantly referencing the future and the past at the same time. And Hmm. what's neat about this track is it's actually, it's a blues. Mm. It has a subtle blues progression and she uses a lot of seventh chords and chromaticism and things that frankly wouldn't be popular in a lot of modern Mm R&B, which sort of I think intentionally moves away from those sounds because it might sound sort of pastiche or too old, but she's Mm -hmm. not afraid to adopt those and fit them into her song. Right. Well, I think there's a reason why she does this. Because, yeah. Why? (laughs) 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 Getting some wide eyes here. She opens her song with... um, Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can you please join us all the time? Exactly. (laughs) And that line is surrounding this strong seventh. That. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. That, like tension. 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 Isn't it so rewarding? Mm. What is that tension doing for us? Like, how do you hear that tension? How does it support the song? It's so funny because, like, tension in a song normally happens in, like, the pre. Yes. And the first verse is supposed to just feel right. Yep. It's supposed to be at what, like the root is supposed to be like at yep. the one. <laughs> one note melody, <laughs> and you're like, simple. You're like, here yeah. we go. Let me yeah. just, da, 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 da. you know what yep. I mean? And then she's like starting like, and you're like, what's about to happen? Like, that's what it does for me. That melody reminds me of a movie. Like you take the track out of it. And if you just hear that melody, like on some violins, it sounds like... You know, like it's cinematic. <laughs> yeah, super cin- yeah. Like it's a moment in a movie where like the little kid is running and he's running towards something. Like it yes. feels like I don't know, like uh, uh, so something in the distance at the start. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I think it's worth saying even for maybe for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with music, it might be helpful to even just to play an example of if you were open up on a plain major chord. 
and then you have a seventh chord, mm-hmm. and that seventh chord, it's unstable. Yeah. And it's the root. As opposed to that, that's beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Unresolved chords were always like mm. my kryptonite. Mm. I remember because when they would play unresolved chords, I'd be like, just resolve it. Just resolve <laughs> well, it. <laughs> and, and she does because that chord wants to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It wants to go in the progression of a blues. Mm-hmm. A typical 12-bar blues chord progression uses a lot of those seventh notes to have us constantly move through a progression and always have a little bit of instability to create movement. Mm. Mm. Right. So a blues is going to start right on that whole chord, that one, and add the seventh and it's going to move through the four, the five, back to the four, and back home to the one seven. That's sort of the blues progression. Lots of sevenths, lots of tension. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that is happening in the song, there is tension and there is movement. And she fulfills that sort of blues expectation by moving to what would be the next blues chord. She goes from the one chord All of the feelings that I got for you. to the four chord. Right? I was like, doom, 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 doom. Exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> is so the blues. Isn't, That's so isn't tight. That amazing? And you're not hearing yeah. it. You really broke it down. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so I've, I've got another gold su- star for Charlie. <laughs> I know, right? I was up late. Um, <laughs> I have another supporting piece of evidence, and it's chromatic text painting. Mm. I think the line that a lot of people have zeroed in on, on this song is. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender, mm-hmm. an emotional, sexual, sexual bender. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender, an emotional, sexual bender. So that's the pre-chorus. As you said, the pre-chorus is typically where we get even more tension. I think there's no denying the tension only increases because not only does she use that seventh note, but she introduces chromaticism. Yes. Notes outside of the scale, things which are going to create disharmony, confusion, dissonance. But you know what else? It's it's like descending chromatic. So like, yeah. it was so unexpected when I heard that. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> wait. You know, like there's tension, but like when you have like a descending chromatic, your body physically will go down too. You know, you're like, yeah. ah, yeah. You know? Oh, okay. It's almost Great. relaxing. It's like she builds tension, and then. I mean, children are listening to this, so I won't say what it actually reminds me of. <laughs> but you're building tension, yeah. and then it's like a release, and then yeah. and you build that tension again. It's very tantric until you get to the yeah. poof, the climax of the hook. Right, but like right. pre's normally gradually build. Right. But it's like she came in so hot yeah. with that, da, 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 <laughs> and then she like backed off and was like, oh, not yet. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, oh, I've never yeah. heard a pre actually tease me like that before. <laughs> So let's. I think it would be appropriate to just play an example of, of <laughs> yeah. uh, just just to hear this. So here's the pre. So just when she sings that line, that chromaticism, the no, 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 that's when she's singing the word sexual bender. Mm-hmm. And so she's inferring that anyone listening can be sexually fluid. They don't have to be normative in their sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. And she reinforces it with a line which sort of blurs between one note and the next. Mm-hmm. There's sort of an uncertainty and a spectrum of sounds. That's very literal. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if it's also blurring uh, sort of between like, speech and song you know she's like not Mm, totally mm -hmm. singing it it's like kind of half spoken i found that really powerful and i didn't know why but maybe it has something to do with what you're talking about charles that's cool yeah you're asking about intentionality yeah like be and that's like is the third afterthought of like you saying the chromatic and then the lyric being Mm -hmm. like kind of similar and then you saying she kind of just like drops the singing bit and lets it fall out of her mouth and then i'm like well did she do this on purpose I think think oftentimes for us on the show, it doesn't matter. It's it's those spontaneous magical moments that just work. And then oftentimes the interpretive aspect of music is one of the beautiful parts of it. We can continue to hear whatever we hear in it. So whether or not it's intentional, I'm hearing that part and I just, it excites me. I think it's a beautiful Isn't that wild how music can do that? Cool. It's like a retroactive thing for the writer too, I feel like, because they do things because they're tapping into this like emotional stream mm-hmm. that everyone mm-hmm. kind of can tap into mm-hmm. if you if you if you got the right straw. And then afterwards you look back and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even believe yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> that moment happened. You said sexual bend and you bent yeah. the melody. Like, ah, brilliant. Anyway. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I gush. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really beautiful transition because in terms of tapping into that stream of creativity, there's also tapping into the entire world of music history and genre and all of these references that are happening. So what I mm-hmm. want to do in the second half of the show is dive into the references that we're hearing because there's some really beautiful ones in here. Oh, yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Switched on Pop. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? The conversation we were just having. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm switched back on to pop. (laughs) (laughs) Side conversation in the ad break. There are some pretty bold and obvious references happening in this track. References, I think, which are an homage to some Mm -hmm. of our favorite artists. Mm -hmm. Undeniably, we're hearing Prince and Michael Jackson on this track. Mm. Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Enlighten me. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm similar. My, my brows are also raised here, Charles. Oh, my God. Manually, <laughs> I see with the finger. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Eyebrows raised. All right. So do you want to do Michael Jackson first then? Yes. All right. You're like, what in the world is Charlie thinking? Mm-hmm. There's a really clear connection, which is that Michael Jackson's hit the way you make me feel. Oh. <gasps> and make me feel. I think there's a lot of intentionality here because we're also hearing similarities in form, in structure, in vocal quality, and I think even in sound selection to some of Michael Jackson's music. Dang, you really... That's right. Oh, I went deep. Wow. (laughs) Charlie wants an A. (laughs) Gold star. Stars just keep getting more gold. please. Let's just listen to the start of The Way You Make Me Feel. Nineteen eighty-seven hit produced by Quincy Jones. What's the first thing you notice when you hear that track? Mm. Oh my god! There's a lot there. Yeah, the drum sounds. Yeah, but what is that? Mm. Are those drums or is that Michael Jackson's mouth? (laughs) (laughs) It's like pow, 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 pow. It's so cool. That song is so second nature to my body that I don't even think about it as like notes or like instruments. It's just like Michael. So you, totally. <laughs> and, and I've always had that relationship to it as well until I sort of took a deeper listen last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a blues shuffle as well. It's a blues. The actual time signature is 12 8, which no. is a. Yeah. Right? Oh my and God. So he's referencing in 1987 music which was popular back in the 50s so here is just an example of we're just gonna go with deep reference for a second so reference to the reference michael jackson i think is referencing something like fats domino and his track blueberry hill i found my thrill that same 12-8 swing yeah right and we listen to michael jackson Ooh. 
Oh, it just hits harder. It's faster. It's harder. Yeah. It's modern. And That's what Quincy it's, was it's, talking it's about in his interview. He's like, modern music now doesn't reference the greats anymore. Mm. They don't reference jazz. If there's right. no jazz right. or blues a part of pop music right now, then right. it's not good pop music. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, That was a crazy Quincy. interview. We'll have to post a link to that. That was the craziest <laughs> interview that was ever I know. Ever you're going to have to edit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Not right. appropriate for most people. I like that he can just speak his mind now. This is a blues. This is a, a 12 8 sort of shuffle sound. You don't get that time signature very frequently in modern music. I looked up some popular tracks in the last decade. I think um, Kanye West's Black Skinhead is also in 12 8. Whoa. But there's like, there's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of, of tracks, but it's just, it's not a popular well. time signature because I think, again, it kind of so strongly alludes mm. to the past mm-hmm. that it doesn't make your sound modern. But right. Michael Jackson and Quincy knew how to do that. Janelle knows how to do that. But wow. okay, so that's the blues piece. Some other things that I think are drawing from Michael Jackson. I love this is a, a common trope that people will do, but he does these amazing little dropouts to focus on the voice. And that's the other thing, obviously, here as well is vocal quality. Janelle mm-hmm. can really get, especially that early MJ kind of androgynous voice. Yeah. She can really mimic it really beautifully. So mm-hmm. here's just an example of the way that the way you make me feel drops out and focuses on Michael's voice. Right. So rewarding. Mm-hmm. Janelle, make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful little moments. Mm-hmm. I, there's one more Michael reference that I'm hearing, and this might also be a stretch. Again, this is not like intentionality. This is just right. you're tapping into that ether of all mm-hmm. the music you know. This is the best opening to any song ever. Oh, yeah. Beat it. What is that even? <laughs> that is the Saint Clavier, one of the most expensive synthesizers ever produced. It cost like $100,000, and Jeez. it was one of the first uh, computational synthesizers that only a handful of studios could afford. So that was a really sort one of... One being Michael Jackson well, and the yeah, Beatles. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's just hear that synth stab again. Now, it might sound very 80s, but if you were to roll off some of those highs, make it a little bigger and beefier, you might get the pre-chorus from Make Me Feel. That is a stretch, but I am, <laughs> I, am, I am here for the stretch. I'm yoga with the stretch, babe. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-chorus uh, is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. The choice, everything about it. When I first heard it, I was like, Max Martin? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, mm, it came right, out yeah. of nowhere. Because, yeah. yep. like, the verse was, like, so cool and so interesting. And then the pre just felt very, like, now pop. Yeah, you know. well, it right. was produced right. by Mattis Larson and Robin Fredrickson, who are Swedish producers in the same world as oh, Max Martin. So, yeah, so maybe... we've also got co-writers of Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter on the track. So, Shut yeah, this is like, up. these are super, super, super pop writers and producers supporting okay. it. It felt that way, but then it was Janelle, so I was like, nah, man, this was made in a sweaty box <laughs> with, with lavender and tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Michael Jackson, we're like, no, okay, maybe. But let's go into the Prince references. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually got to work with Prince. Yes. And so did Janelle. The rumor is that actually Prince may have had a hand in producing parts of this album as well as this track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you get to speak from a lot of authority. Mm. Um, That's not hard to believe. I mean, Prince was constantly working on music. Nonstop. Yeah. I mean, there must have been <laughs> years where he made 200 songs in a year. Yeah, there's That's only amazing. two people I know that have the craziest catalogs that are going to just being like the tombs and it's prince and like missy elliott they just have like albums and Mm -hmm. albums and albums Mm -hmm. of music and it's because like they're the most talented minds in the world and they (laughs) you know do what they want to do and they can produce themselves they write themselves they emote themselves they don't need nobody else and Mm -hmm. when you have all of that power and all of that talent there's no stopping you Mm -hmm. it's freedom so Mm -hmm. just so much music i'm sure she has Yeah. yeah you know so on this track, I'm hearing a connection to Prince's Kiss. Are you mm, hearing that mm-hmm. at all? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely. So, all right. I'm getting back into the no longer deep yeah. into the ether. Yeah, getting a little is, more into some Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're on board now. And, and I think <laughs> a lot of the sonics on this song, just they really say Prince. But Kiss, the 1986 song, was, I think, Michael Jackson may have been slightly inspired by it because it, too, was mm-hmm. a blues. And so there's all of a sudden this resurgence of bringing back some mm-hmm. references and bluesy tracks. Have to be beautiful. Tell me all. 
song continues and then it goes through a 12 bar blues progression, right? Mm -hmm. So there's these references that are happening. And so she's picking up on both that, the entire musical history of connecting to those blues sounds. Yes. I think the much more obvious things are going to be a lot of the sonic elements. So I'm curious, what are some of the sonic elements that you're hearing that are like, okay, there's some prints in there? Well, I mean, definitely the guitar. Yeah. The guitar is just yeah. like the giveaway. I mean, yeah. who knows? That might actually be prints on guitar. You never know. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Totally. Honestly, yeah. you know, so... That was like the biggest thing, but I also beyond the track, like vocally, she does a lot yeah. of like the uh, like we oh, just yeah, heard. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So here's the make me feel funk guitars. You can be right here in your jean pocket, laying your body on the shack carpet. So good. And here, I mean, this is not just on Kiss. This is just like Prince funk guitars. Oh, yeah. But here we go, Kiss funk guitar. Women. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. If it's not Prince, it's someone playing exactly, exactly like him. Exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then also there's something in the that bass. What is that bass sound? It's not the bass, but it's like the do whoop. Yeah, so that that's <laughs> that's a bass with a you, you suddenly cut off all of the high frequencies. So boom. Okay, so it is boom. bass. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's interesting. The kiss actually doesn't really have any bass in it. Right. But the sparseness of that bass track, I think, actually maps really well to the sparseness of the electronic drum kit in the sense that he's playing mm. in Kiss. Mm. Right. It's literally the same groove because the bass totally. is like yep. the whoop. The oh, whoop, and then the mm -mm, and, and then he does mm -mm. it with a da and she does it with that yeah but it is the same exact yeah. feel it's that it's the same groove man what's so crazy to me about both of them is like how deep of a groove it is while having so little going on in mm -hmm. a way because like yeah. you're right Charlie it is sparse and yet as soon as either of these songs come on, I'm just like bopping so hard. I feel like I'm going to break my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many other references here. I mean, a lot of people have gone online and broken down every image in the Make Me Feel music video. In that video, there's a really gorgeous Janelle wearing this veil. Right. Have you seen it, right? Mm -hmm. And in the video to Kiss, one of the dancers is wearing basically mm. a, a very similar veil. So there's all sorts of moments of homage. And that's what I'm right. saying, where <laughs> she's dropping breadcrumbs in every single right. part. It's all brilliant. I mean, it's like a d very like well-deserved passing of a torch, too. She, oh, my gosh, yeah. She's, she's incredible, and I think that she has everything that it takes to keep the legacy alive you know mm. especially being a black woman too which i think was really important mm -hmm. to prince and when i saw that i was like ah oh, let's go like keep it going mm -hmm. keep yeah. it alive because there's a lot that's dying around us and mm. janelle in this song like as on the nose as it is is so important you know yeah to Prince's legacy or to like the legacy of music right. and good music and the blues. Yeah. Like you were saying, like nobody, yeah. nobody plays the blues. Nobody listens to the blues anymore, you know? And then obviously also the cultural side and being someone who makes non-sexual duality permissive. Right. And that's such a big part of Prince's androgynous. Right. Just unbelievably attractive to anyone sort of quality. Mm -hmm. And she's making mm -hmm. a similar sort of statement in part of the song. That's really true. Then Kiss, yeah, because... Kiss is like, <laughs> Kiss, is a, Kiss is a very adorable song. Yeah, here, this is one of my favorite lines right here. He goes on to say, like, don't flirt too hard. Like, you just got to be yourself. He's like, right. don't do too much. Don't be extra about yeah. it. Just like, be yourself. Just You're already sexy. dirty to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> so was Prince the original king of ASMR? Because that was I know, right? That got me. Oh, did, it, Ooh, did I get flustered. you going? Both eyebrows yeah. going up right now. <laughs> I know Not that, even manually this time. What do they do to the mic, like, to get that good whisper? Is it a lot of compression or is it... What do they do? They boost something. Oh, well, yeah, they probably boost a lot of the high end, I would imagine. And so then, you can just get right in there. Kind of like, yeah. you know how Selena yeah. Gomez had that, um, can't keep my hands on my so, Yeah, we covered that. Oh, yeah. Are you guys yeah, dead? Oh, it's, so oh, it's such a good yeah, song. Yeah. But like that effect. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Prince did originate that. Yep. Just getting on that mic well, and it's, just... It's mm. that close mic. Getting real close, really yeah. Quietly and really 
sexy. And it's that proximity effect by getting really on that yeah. mic, you get all the deeper tonal qualities that you can't hear. It's the yin yang twins effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to call the yin yang twins effect. <laughs> you guys gotta do the whisper song. Oh my god. Nothing was the same after that. <laughs> you obviously just know all these references and have so much to offer here, but I thought it would be appropriate to get to hear a little bit about your music. Oh, yeah. Uh, what I wanted to do was listen to a bit of your song, Truth Hurts. Great. Um, yeah. I can't get enough of it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just first want to say that I, I said on the top of the show, your music has really connected with our listeners. Your song, Good as Hell, came in as a recommendation through one of our panelists, uh, Andrea Warner, who is just a really fantastic writer. Cool. And we did a piece called All About Those Baseline Assumptions About Feminism and Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we brought in some great feminist scholars mm-hmm. to sort of look at the way in which feminism is represented in popular music. And that track was sort of like the kicker climax end of the piece where wow. Andrew was like this is an awesome example of a modern feminist anthem and so Aww. that became a real favorite of ours and the entire show shout out to Andrea <laughs> yeah hey she's girl. awesome and then I tuned into your South by Southwest performance that NPR taped last year oh, yeah. and dang yeah Dang wow. is right, guys. You are, <laughs> dang, you are powerful. You've got a message. Double dang. Your music is fun. Yeah. I really love the fun that you bring. Easy on the ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I just like, you know, I'm needing some things which just are exciting and inspiring. I really appreciate that. Why are men great till they gotta be great? Don't text me and tell it straight to my face. Best friends set me down in the salon chair. <laughs> this song is so funny. Can you tell us a little bit about what the song is for you? That song is like a literal afternoon. And to be honest, this was last summer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, so done with my album that hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm done. Wow, I really, you know. And so I was going in with Ricky Reed, who is he's the producer on the song. And yeah. we were like, we can either finish some things talk about the album or we can make something new today and i was in such a bad mood i was so angry over this person Mm -hmm. that i you know allowed to get to me and i just started like venting Mm -hmm. and i was like you know like i don't understand why like i had to go to my friend's salon and get my hair done today and every line in this song i was it was coming out of my mouth and as this was coming out of my mouth Ricky was writing it down, I guess. But I was no like laying way. on his couch, like kind of like um, <laughs> therapist style, yeah. yelling at the world. And when I was done, he was like, you know, I just want you to hear all the things you just said. Mm. We should like make a song. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it was just yep. so easy. Yeah, It I was so it. easy. There are two lines that really stood out to me. Obviously, <laughs> right from the top, why men great until they got to be great. Oh, yeah. And just like, boom. I know. A beautiful economy of words there. Thank you. <laughs> Says it all. That didn't happen in the studio. That happened when I, I had, me and my girls were on tour and we all had like a full bottle of wine to ourselves <laughs> for some odd reason. And we were all like guzzling them and each girl was in a corner with another girl like crying mm. about either like because we love each other so much mm-hmm. or everyone's having a moment. My moment yeah. and my my dancer just happened to be that moment. And I remember we were just like, why are they great to make out of me? And I remember I was like, she was like, yo, write that down. Yeah. And I texted it to Ricky and I was like, we're going to use this in the future. But, you know, it's not about men. Like, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's okay. It's about like, I know, but like, it's it's good to hear. (laughs) It's about like um, the idea of men always getting the highest seat of power. Absolutely. And always Mm. kind of like failing us i think we're witnessing a lot of that in the world right yeah and that's the issue it's like you only give men the highest seat why don't you give it to everybody and see what everyone can do with it Mm -hmm. and then on a very personal level it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 
I was like, yep. you are, the idea of you is incredible. And then when I actually apply you to my life, mm. I'm just kind of disappointed and let down yeah. constantly. Why aren't you showing up? Why don't you show up, bro? I feel like that line could go in so many different directions. And one of my favorite lines you respond to it with is, I put the sing and single, ain't worried about a ring on my finger. Yeah. Which is also, I mean, oh, what a you. fun line. Because you, you could flip the script. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't need you. Yeah. I, I don't think on That was like an Instagram caption that I put <laughs> on my picture once. Huh. I was like, it's okay, guys. I'll be okay because I put the sing and single. Yeah. I am like the quintessential single girl. I'm like such a single girl and I'm going through all the single girl motions. And I think that's why people you know mm-hmm. no matter what they're going through no matter what their gender is or sexuality is like kind of connect to that because mm. it's all the same mm-hmm. you know when you're solo dolo and you're on your own in this world mm. you just have this like really shared experience with other people especially as a millennial you know yeah. and they're just like i'm going through the same thing mm-hmm. you know so all of my music is kind of like shared experience and well i think it would be appropriate since this is what on pop we, we want to talk about the music of what's going on here yes. and part of what i love about the melody is it has almost this like schoolyard quality where mm-hmm. Everybody can sing along to it. Mm-hmm. And so it, mm, it, yeah. it really invites that participation that you're talking about. Like people can feel that same quality mm. that you're that you're expressing. Yeah, it's really snotty, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not really singing and I'm not really rapping. And I'm just kind of like whining. But it invites everybody to do the same with right. you. Because right? everybody right. feels exasperation. Everybody wants to just scream that at the top of their lungs. And then you end it with the best reference ever. What? The Sister Nancy Bam. <sighs> <laughs> whoa that's wild i didn't even think about that no way yeah so let's listen to the end of your track for just a second yeah and then here's the sister nancy yeah oh what the Yo, that's genius. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's such a frequent reference within yeah. R&B and hip hop that it's a texture that people will just boom. Interesting. I mean, that was like a seat filler for lyrics. No way. And then we, huh. we couldn't really think of anything. I remember we were listening to the chorus and Truth Hurts didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. It was just the chorus. Mm-hmm. Why are men great till they got to be great? And then I was like, whew, Truth Hurts, dog. And then Ricky's like, that's incredible. Go put that in there. Mm. Truth hurts. And then we wanted to have one more line. Yeah. And uh, we just put in bum. I was like, bum, bum, be dum, be dum, dum, day. And then <laughs> after like sitting, yeah. f- after like messing around with the beat, he yeah. messed around with the beat and I just sat and reflected. I was like, yo, that goes. <laughs> oh, it just like, it closes yeah. things out with this beautiful finality and you don't <laughs> yeah. have to say anything. It's yeah. just like, I'm good. I'm just going to go on and. Yeah, because now live when I do it, I'm just like, it's mm. kind of like the arms out emoji. That's like shoulder shrug, <laughs> yeah. Kanye shrug. Yeah. It's like, hey, you bum. Wow, that's so nice that Sister Nancy reference. I'm yeah. I'm living for that. Well, you that, guys are so that smart. Sister Nancy track is it's also kind of like Hey Lottie Lottie. It's like one of those things. Just talk about that musical ether. Like it wasn't even intentional. It's just like it's out there because you've mm-hmm. heard it. Like Kanye's done that track. Like so many other people have right. used that. What a beautiful thing. And so then, cool. And then just within the whole thing, you know, I love that you're using this really sort of funny toy piano effect with a heavy trap beat. And I feel like you do a really great job of lyrically representing both of those qualities of it's like, it's a banger, it's super fun. And it's also lighthearted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I thought that mm-hmm. piano was so weird when he first, because <laughs> really it was strange. just yeah. the piano. And I was like, yo, we're not going to make a song yeah. on this wonky piano. But he just has these weird sounds. And that was one of them. And then huh. I love it now. But when I first heard it, it turned me off because it's so weird, right? Mm-hmm. But you put that yeah. trap beat on and it's like, <laughs> hey, let's go. <laughs> I was there for like the creation of the song. Yeah. Like I love being there for mm-hmm. like the egg and the embryo mm-hmm. and the baby mm-hmm. of the beat. Like mm-hmm. the I, baby of the because I feel like my energy's in there yeah. too when when that's happening. Because if he's playing with sounds, I go, hey, that's me too. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I feel really connected to Truth Hurts because I was there from yeah, you know, conception. That's a fun part of modern production. I love when the vocal production ends up back into the track. Right, that it's not sort of just like beat done throw some vocals on top like yes. you've got those ad lib lines and, and then all of a sudden that's in some ways what makes that track because all of a sudden the bum bum beat um yeah like just perfectly closes that verse yeah it's an awesome refrain 
Yes. And, and he mirrors it in the, in the drumming. Oh, it's, he does. Yeah. He does afterwards. He put that boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, That was a later thing. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, there's, so you're, there's this back and forth that's going on between vocalist and, uh, and producer. Y'all ever do this with other artists? This is <laughs> so fun. Because we don't be thinking about this. Like I, when yeah. I make music, I am a, a music major. So I've studied yeah. music theory. I'm a music nerd. I Ooh. analyze other things. <laughs> but when... I'm making mine. It's so subconscious. Totally. It's freestyle mostly now. And so yeah. to hear it come back in this way is like so exciting. And people will sometimes ask us this. I actually got another message recently. Was It was like, okay, seriously, are you guys just making this stuff up? <laughs> <laughs> and I think of the music you make. You're like an Olympic athlete. You have trained yourself to know how to make music. And then when you do it, you have to do it without any conscious effort. Right. Right. It's that stream of creativity. You're just right. like tapping into... As soon as you get into the logical brain, all this nonsense that I'm bringing here today, you yeah. lose it. It gets hard. It gets really hard. Yeah. Didn't Bob that, Dylan say that? He was like, music shouldn't be hard. Mm. Music should be easy to make. Huh. Mm. I, I, someone well, told me he said that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I, it's frustrating, that, yeah. but it's like also, you know, the type of artist he totally. is. You Absolutely. Know. Yeah, I can just pen a 17-page long song in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he kind of crazy. So you're incredibly multi-talented. You are also the host of a hit podcast on Spotify. I am the host of a podcast on Spotify called Good As Hell. You're single Oof. and your podcast. And it's my hell. song. Look, I'm smart, too. You know what I'm saying? I cross-promotion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a Spotify Studios and Refinery29 collaboration, yes. and you are talking to the iconic queens of music. You interviewed people like Lil' Kim, Kehlani, Trina, DeBrat, mm -hmm. really some of the most amazing people. Yeah. On the show, you speak with women who you say paved the way for not just hip-hop, but mainstream culture and feminism and never get to tell their stories. Right. Mm. Will you tell us a little bit about, you say you have to defend your heroes for not getting credit for innovation and influence. What inspired you to, to take on this show? So they came to me. I've always kind of had the idea of telling the quote-unquote female rapper story. But you know what's so annoying is you have these two separate things happening. You have yeah. the worst question in the world. What's it like to be a female rapper mm -hmm. in the industry? Isn't it so hard? Like, I, yeah. I, it's actually Raptor. I'm just kidding. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so hard. Uh, I'm like, you're perpetuating that it's yeah, hard right, to be a woman right, in rap. Right. Then on the way other side, you're almost being huh. bombarded in interviews and by the media. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of women who rap uh, with big walls up and are really mm. defensive and a lot of times uncomfortable in interviews. Mm. Huh. So I saw both of those and I was like, yo, what's Queen Latifah's story? Mm. All I know is that she's Queen Latifah. But if you think about like Jay-Z or if you think about Nas, like you always hear the the story of the hustler, you know, and I'm like, that's really cool. Mm. Like I know a lot of details about their lives. Yeah. I don't know a lot of details about little Kim's life yeah. except for the tragic parts or right, like the right. parts that they, the negative parts that they want to, or the Biggie Smalls parts. The stuff like, that ends up on TMZ the you know the, not the real story usually. right yeah. and i felt like yeah. maybe that's not as exciting to the media but it also perpetuates this idea that like um black women in hip-hop are mm -hmm. tragic or mm -hmm. are too tough or are competitive mm -hmm. and that's not the case what i found out talking to these women is that there is and was so much unity in the rap yeah. community with women, especially. They would have sleepovers. <laughs> they would hang out. They would write songs. Like, wow. Missy would just, like, have them all come over and just, like, mm. party together. They were, like, sisters. Like, they would tell me stories about Eve and Left Eye and, uh, like, Aaliyah and how they would just all, like, kick it. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I wish that so we knew yeah. that this was going on then because now I want – there's so many women in the industry coming up now. And that was so nice to talk to Kehlani and, like, Aqua. Fina. Yeah. And I feel like if we only had that blueprint or we had knowledge of that, right. we could use that in the future to create more unity. And ladies night came from that, you huh. know, like only good music yeah. comes from, yeah. from women being in agreement with each other. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's my little way of trying to bring unity in the hip hop community and to yeah. also step back and like open up this mm. this dark hallway that yeah. we don't have any clue we're afraid of we're like what's the 90s rap for women <laughs> 90s rap yeah. for black women <laughs> i'm not gonna look down that hallway but no like look down right. that hallway take a walk down the archives and hopefully in the future young girls can listen to this and be like wow like Lil kim is so innovative and trina is so innovative that and is such a beautiful project 
<laughs> uh, I also love that you had this question of what's their real story and you're like I'm just gonna go mm. find out yeah. what, a, what an awesome yeah. thing to get to do I really particularly loved your interview with Kehlani Kehlani is one of my absolute favorite artists right oh, now and, as she should be and you spoke specifically about that and we were, we were sort of alluding into it in your music as well is the positivity of music the fun that can exist within it mm-hmm. uh, could you speak a little bit about some of the, the things that came out in that interview and why the fun in that music is important to you in my music or in this is a two part question huh oh you never <laughs> supposed to ask two-part <laughs> questions no 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 it's okay no with with Kehlani we had so much fun because she and I we're similar in like the way that we respect music we're both Tauruses but like even the way we write music and I think that like my life was way different than hers though mm. she had to come from this really negative place mm. in her life she had a lot that mm. happened to her when she was younger that wasn't tight yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a better word for mm. it she went through a lot yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so like you can hear a lot of strife in her music and a lot but I think that you get to a point in your artistry that you want to manifest positivity for yourself and you want to spread positivity. Um, Mm. I feel like as an artist, the more that you like sing about the negativity in life, the more your life starts to reflect that. I don't Mm. know how many artists you've talked to, but there are so many self-fulfilling prophecies that happen Mm. and good and bad, you know, Mm. like I've said things like, I'm talking about being in Scotland in a rap and then I'm like looking up and I'm like, well, I'm playing in Scotland or like, <laughs> you know, I talk about Macaulay Culkin yeah. and then I go on tour with Macaulay Culkin and he's in my music video Wait. and like, there's just like what? so many, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like levels yeah. to it. But then there's also on the other side, if you're perpetuating, I'm so sad today. I'm just going to drink today. I'm so depressed today. You're going to kind of feel that. And I think that um, mm. Kehlani just got to a point in her life where she's like, I don't want to perpetuate that or I don't need that around me and she's really strong she's like one mm-hmm. of the strongest people I've ever been around to see what she's gone through and mm. to see how she's getting through it but mm. positivity is important because I think there's a lot of different kinds of music that need to exist yeah yeah. I think the weekend should exist as much as, you know, um good as, say, <laughs> as good as hell. Thank you. Let me talk about myself. <laughs> I need the weekend needs to exist just like I need to exist because life is about a balance yeah. and art is about the balance of darkness and light, quite literally sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I tried to straddle a line. Yeah. I wanted to be like SZA. I wanted to be so cool and mm. like moody and just like and that music just doesn't sound authentic coming from me. And I remember bringing it all the way back to Prince. He had really come to a place where it was just all his music was super positive. Yeah. All of his music was super clean. All of his music huh. was like about uplifting women, uplifting black women. And I remember being like really, really impressed and shocked by that. Mm-hmm. And when he passed away or when he transitioned, I remember mm-hmm. thinking... I'm not going to try to be this sad girl anymore. Like, what's the point of, like, mm. fighting? Because people were actually being like, why is she so happy? Like, she's so... Yeah, you're people were hating on me. Yes. Sad. I know, but, like, people would hate on that. Y'all would not believe. Uh, They'd be like, she's too friendly. Why is she so happy? Like, ugh. And so I would try to have, like... I would try to have, like, some type of, like, darkness or shade to me. But after that, I kind of completely dedicated my life to positive music. And Mm. it's worked for me ever since I decided to do that. Like, it's my truth. Everyone has their truth. If The Weeknd want to be sad, let him sing the sad songs. (laughs) That's his truth. You know, if SZA wants to be, you know, the angst and the longing that she exudes, like, let her live that. That's her truth. And, you know, I don't think if you're not, like, as positive and as happy go lucky as I am you don't have to do this (laughs) but I'm choosing to do it and I hope that people really just respect that Mm. and you know live your life live your life in the balance Mm. Don't stay in the darkness. Don't stay in the light. Your music does a beautiful job of that because it's so often real. Like like the track, Truth Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. There's some pain in there. Yo, I was it so sad. Yeah, but you, <laughs> and you move right through it. I was a, so sad. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's what yeah, happens yeah. when I'm sad, you guys. <laughs> like, good as hell, I say he don't love you anymore in a song. Mm, and it's like the happiest song in the world. It's the happiest song. I can't, <laughs> fight, I can't fight it. <laughs> Please don't. So people can experience this live coming up real soon. You are yes. going on a huge, I think over 20 show tour throughout North America with Haim. Yeah. You are calling Ooh. it the sister, sister, sister tour. Well, I'm calling it the sister, sister, sister. Oh, right tour. on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what our listener is going to experience on this upcoming tour? <laughs> um, well, first off, Haim is just so cool. Like, they're the sweetest girls. And they're, like, BA musicians. I was going to cuss. But they're great musicians. <laughs> and I think it's going to be really cool to see me... The big girls, DJ Sophia Aris, and then to see the sisters like getting mm. down on stage. Like we yeah. all rock out in our yep. own ways. My show, I originated in indie rock and then I evolved into indie hip hop and now I'm, you know, whatever I am now. But like <laughs> a melange of amazing music. Yeah. But like the you said a melange. I did. Ooh, is that like Solange's sister? <laughs> <laughs> but look, I like uh so we rock out on stage. So you're gonna see like a really, really dope show. You're gonna see cool. high energy, you're gonna see sweat, and then you're gonna see tons of hair. Just tons <laughs> of hair. I'm so excited. Like we thrive live. That's that's yeah. my bread and butter. And um Tickets are selling out. We're doing two nights at Radio City Music Hall. That's and awesome. And I think they both sold out. Almost. So buy your tickets, New York, That's for the awesome. second night. And people <laughs> can find tickets on LizzoMusic.com. LizzoMusic.com. And they can find all sorts Sick. of great tracks. We will yeah. make sure to post it in the show. You will hear Truth Hurts and Good as Hell. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, this has been the most fun show I've ever recorded. I don't know about you, Nate. <laughs> Y'all just saying oh, yeah. it. <laughs> We're having a really good time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's <laughs> Thank been awesome. you, I'm, just, I'm just jealous I'm not there with you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll see you later. I'll see you in New York. Okay. She's moving yeah, to LA in a few as months. As soon as we hang up, I'm, I'm getting my tickets <laughs> for Radio City. Yes, guys. Get them. They're going quick. Switched on Pop was produced by me, Charlie Harding, and my buddy, Professor Nate Sloan. Thank you, Lizzo. You can find Lizzo's music and her podcast, Good As Hell, on Spotify. You can get tickets to her tour at lizzomusic.com. You definitely want to go catch her and the Sister, Sister, Sister tour. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. I know. I, I tried. I'm really, so, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Charles. Our sound editing and mixing is done by Bill Lance, designed by Luke Harris. We are a proud member of the Panoply Network. You can find our episodes on Apple and on Spotify. And uh, I guess we'll be back in two weeks with more episodes. You can find past ones also on switchedonpop.com. Talk to us on Twitter at switchedonpop. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for <Bye>. listening. <laughs> <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.